0: time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. I'm Jeff Kinley. Vintage Truth Podcast. Why do we call it Vintage Truth? Because Vintage Truth is the best truth. Vintage Truth is God's truth. And that's what it's all about. Hey, I'm going to be giving away a copy of my brand new book, the end of America, question mark, Bible prophecy, and a country in crisis. You know, the world is in chaos, and our country is in crisis. Our country is divided. Our country is in great turmoil right now. And so many things are going on that it's caused a lot of Americans, and indeed a lot of Christians, to ask the question, what's happening? I mean, is our country being split apart at the seams? I mean, are we like a a sheet or a towel that someone's just splitting in two? We're so divided right now. Why is that? What's going on? What does God's word have to say about it? And really, most importantly, what are we supposed to do about it? I mean, how are Christians supposed to respond to the recent events that have gone on in our country? You know, we're divided politically. I mean, right down the middle. I mean, you could just about half and half where people are either one side or the other liberal conservative <clears throat> trump or somebody else you know and uh and it's caused people to really take sides it's caused really a um a divide in relationship many relationships to the point where gosh you're even afraid to bring up something about the president or washington or you know politics or whatever And hey, I get it, I get it, you know, it makes sense. But really with the recent events that we saw take place in Charlottesville with these protesters uh, who were from various backgrounds and causes and motivations clashed with, with these white supremacists or they're calling white nationalists, I don't know why they call them white nationalists, but white supremacists, which really, if you think about it, is an incredibly ignorant oxymoron, white supremacy. That That's ridiculous. I mean, God made the human race, okay? We are all the same race. It's just that we have different amounts of skin color, melanin in our bodies and different cultures that we come from, different diverse backgrounds. That's beautiful. That's part of what makes... The world so great is is all the different cultures and stuff but when one race or one tiny little fragment segment of a race tries to claim that they are better or superior than some other race intrinsically then there's a problem there and the problem is that they're just plain ignorant why are they ignorant because god made us all we are all equal before God as a race of people, and the other thing that uh, that's kind of crazy about that is that if you're an evolutionist, if you're an atheist or an evolutionist, to be honest, racial supremacy kind of makes sense because you know Darwin believed in the um, the origin of the species. He believed in the um, the survival of the fittest. So those who are most fit. Are those who survive so it's conquer or be conquered so if you're an atheist if you're an evolutionist then quote-unquote white supremacy really makes sense or Asian supremacy or some other supremacy it's just whoever can conquer you basically and make you their slave thank God that that's not true and Christianity has really brought more equality and more diversity and more dignity and more freedom to Western civilization than anything else. In fact, I talk about that in my new book, The End of America, because Christianity informed the founding of our nation. It was the canvas upon which our freedom was brushstroked. And so Christianity really does serve as a foundation of our country, but we're we're a long way from that, folks, a long way from being a Christian nation. So what do we do with all this turmoil that's happening in our country right now? By the way, it's not going to stop. As if these protesters or these people that are tearing down statues and you know pouring acid over the statue of Abraham Lincoln and going after statues of Catholic saints and things like that, this anarchy is not going to stop. It's going to continue and it's going to ramp up. Because there's an agenda behind all this, and you could call it whatever conspiracy theory you want to, but Satan has an agenda, and the agenda is to divide people and to increase hate and to lie, because he's the father of hate, lies, and murder. And he was a murderer from the beginning, Jesus said. So the real question is so what are we as Christians supposed to do about all this? How do we respond to this? Well, let me talk about a couple of things that I think will be very helpful to you today. First of all, Is that when Jesus Christ came to the planet, he came as a human being. Okay, he didn't come as a message written in the sky, or an angel with some you know glorified halo on his head or some sort of aura. He wasn't backed by a choir when he showed up, you know, and just walked around with him his entire ministry. Jesus Christ came as a man. He came to identify as a human being so that he could understand what it's like to be a human being and so that he could be a worthy substitute for human beings when he died on the cross. And so he engaged humanity, not just because of who he was or by virtue of the fact of who he was, but also by his ministry. I mean, when Christ came, he, when he began teaching at age 30 his public ministry after his baptism, he taught things that were relevant to our culture. He looked around and saw things in our culture and then he talked about them and he drew spiritual truth into those those analogies. They're called parables. They're earthly stories with heavenly meanings. And so Jesus talked talked about birds and about flowers. He talked about seed and about family. He talked about many things that he drew parallels to the spiritual world and to God's vintage truth. And that's a great model for us. And guess what? Sometimes when he taught those stories, people were just drawn to him and they were amazed, the Bible says, at his teachings. But then other times when he told the truth, it actually caused a divide among people and made people not want to be around him anymore. Whoa. So you're saying Jesus Christ was a divisive figure. Well, duh. I mean, Jesus himself said, I came to divide a man against his father and mother. Came to divide a man against his wife. Why did he say that? Well, because he knew that the gospel in and of itself is divisive. In that, it tells the truth about man. The gospel tells the truth about humanity. And that truth is that we're rotten. We're we're completely Evil to the core. In fact, Jeremiah 17 9 says the human heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can even know it? Jeremiah 17 9. Romans 3 verses 10 through 12 says that we have all gone aside, that there is none who seeks God, no not one. Ephesians 4 tells us that, that our sinfulness in, inside is just being corrupted on a daily basis. Our sin nature continues to decay Ephesians 2, verses 1 and 2 tells us that we were dead in sin and in our trespasses. So we're like these rotting corpses in terms of of our sin. So Jesus told the truth about that stuff. And then he said, oh, and by the way, I'm the only way for salvation. Not this guru over here, not this religion over here in this other country. Me, Jesus said. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life and no man comes to the father except by me. Paul wrote there is one mediator between God and man the man Christ Jesus. Acts tells us in Acts 5 or excuse me Acts 4 there is no other name given among men under heaven by which we must be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ. So that's an exclusive offer. So by by virtue of the fact that Jesus claimed to be God that he claimed to be the only way to, he- to heaven excludes every other belief system on the planet. That's every religion, that's Hinduism, that's Buddhism, that's Islam, that's Judaism, that's every religion on the planet that doesn't conform to the teachings of Jesus Christ and what he said. Jesus inaugurated a new covenant and that new covenant is salvation through him based on his death on the cross. And so, hey, that's controversial, isn't it? I mean, that's divisive right there. So you're saying like all other religions are wrong? Well, you know what? Many other religions have portions of truth. They discover and say th- some things that are true about life and about humanity and that type of thing. You know, you think about even Hari Krishnas believe that we're just spirits inhabiting a body. And one day the spirit leaves And the body goes to decay. So, I mean, you know, religions do find some truth. But when it gets down to it about how do you get to heaven, Jesus said, it's just me. That's it. So some truth comforts and some truth convicts. Some truth heals and other truths hurt. And so here we are in a culture that really is going mad and if, if you've been alive for the past few weeks, you've seen on your Facebook feeds and on your Twitter feeds and even Instagram, everywhere, people are talking about this thing. And so, you know, the president's gotten in trouble about it and and people are on talk radio and all this stuff talking about what's going on. And then, oh, if we could just have peace, if we could just get along, wouldn't that be great? But get along with what? peace over what? And so how are you as a Christian to respond to this? Let me give you a couple of things that I think will be very helpful to you. You know, one thing we need to just say right off the bat is is that we need to condemn sin whenever we see sin. I mean, if someone asks us, hey, what do you think about this or about that? If it's sin, it's sin. Call it that. Racism is sin. Okay. Okay. Now, it's being made out to be the worst sin that any human could ever commit. That's not true, by the way, but, but it is a horrible, horrible sin. Guess what? It's sin. So call it what it is. White supremacists are just depraved sinners with twisted thinking about life. And they twist the Bible, too, by the way. So let's just call it what it is. It's just sin. So when we see sin in our culture, it's okay for Christians to say, hey, I agree that's wrong. Now, other people that you may not agree with on other parts of their belief systems, you may find agreeing with them on that. That's okay. It's okay to agree with people on things. But you don't have, have to swallow their whole philosophy. You know what I'm saying? So Jesus engaged the culture. But when he left the earth, Christ gave... A charge to his disciples and the charge was not to go out and make people feel comfortable about their lives the main mission of his disciples was not to go out and build homes for people although that's a great thing to do it wasn't to feed the hungry still a good thing or to clothe the naked or to visit people who are in prison those are all good things okay but the primary mission of the disciple of Jesus Christ is to take the gospel to his or her culture. To take the message of the good news. By the way, that's what the word gospel means. It's the Greek word euangelion. It just simply means good news. The gospel is good news. What is the good news? The good news is that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sin because you were guilty before God and sentenced to eternity without God. Jesus paid that penalty. He suffered that penalty for you so that you wouldn't have to. So, when you believe upon him, when you put your personal faith in him, that, that righteousness is awarded to you as a gift. His righteousness. He, ta- he takes your sin at the cross, and you get his righteousness at salvation. That's a pretty good trade, right there. That's the gospel. And Jesus said in Matthew 28 18 through 20, it's one of the last things he ever said to his disciples. He said, go therefore and make disciples in all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So wait a minute. So what is the actual command? Well, The command there is to make disciples. That's the only imperative verb in that whole thing, is to make disciples. It's not to go. In fact, that's not even in the command form. It simply means as you are going. In other words, as you're going about your life and living life wherever you are, make disciples along the way. That's what he's saying. What does it mean to make a disciple? Well, you make a disciple when you tell someone about Jesus and they have faith in him. You've just made a disciple. And then he says, don't stop there. He says, I want them to be baptized as a public symbol of that inward resurrection change. And then don't just leave them there in the baptistry or at the river or in the back of the truck, wherever you baptize people, leave them there, teach them, teaching them. It says to observe all that I commanded you. That's That's the whole rest of the Bible there, the whole rest of the scripture. And so Christ's one command to us, if we just strip everything else around it in this controversy we're, we're facing in our nation, is to take the gospel to people, give them the good news of Jesus Christ. So how, how, do I, how do I do that? Well, you know, there are a lot of churches, a lot of Christians today that think they're giving the good news to people by just simply doing good deeds for them, serving them in some way. And serving others is a very good thing. It's a great thing. I mean, I've I've served others on missions trips and in church groups and individually and all the. I mean, helping someone change a tire or going to another country and building a building or feeding them or being a part of a medical missions team, all those are great things. But they're not enough. And unless we give the gospel to them, then they still have no hope. And of course, many of those service type project things are ways to build a bridge to them. They're ways to win the right to be heard, to earn the right to be heard in a relationship. But we have to make sure that we understand the the very first thing Jesus said to us is the most important thing. Right before he left this planet, he says, go and make disciples. And if you're part of a church that is making disciples, and I'm not talking about just trying to get people saved. I'm talking about helping them be a disciple, an ongoing disciple. If you're part of a church like that, man, latch onto to that. Stay, stay committed and glued to that community of faith because that's where it's happening. And that type of open circle that you have in your community is inviting to others as you go out every day and your salt and your light. But the number one thing Jesus wanted us to do was to make sure that we had the message clear in our minds. Is it clear in your mind? Do you know why you're here? Do you know why you're breathing today? Do you know why that you've been given every how many years you've lived so far? This gift of life that you and I have been given? We are here as believers to know God and to make Him known now there're many other things that we do in life but those are the primary things to know him personally and then to make him known you see you can't really share much about Jesus unless you know Jesus and so it's very important that you prioritize the number 1 thing in your life is to know Jesus Christ better so how how do i then take how do i do that first of all we're going to talk about that in some more four episodes here, but how do you begin to right now respond to your culture? It begins with knowing what your message is. Your message is salvation through Jesus Christ. Second thing is to understand how to take that message out to the world. We're going to talk about that in our next podcast episode. Hey, I want you to go and to subscribe to this podcast. And the next person that sends me a subscription Notice we'll receive a free copy of my book, The End of America, Bible Prophecy in a Country in Crisis. I'm in the process of doing about two months of daily interviews on radio and TV on this book, just getting the message out to Christians across America that we have to wake up and understand where we are in history. And most importantly, what are we supposed to do about it to help our country again? Hey, we'll talk more about that in the next episode. I'm Jeff Kinley. Thanks so much for being with me on the Vintage Truth Podcast. I'll see you next time.